of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Well, hello, and welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones continuing the Psalm Project, and it brings us today to Psalm 17. And I should uh, go ahead and wish you a happy Resurrection Day. I neglected last week to say happy Palm Sunday. So here we are on Easter Sunday, um, beginning beginning the 50-day period of the Easter season, Um if you're familiar with the liturgical calendar, um, then you know it's 50 days. If you're not, then let me explain that Easter, the Resurrection Sunday, is always celebrated the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. So whenever the spring equinox is, um, it's the full moon after that, and then the Sunday after that. That's going to be Easter Sunday, and therefore, Ash Wednesday starts you know, 40 days before that. That's a 40-day season. And then we have a 50-day season of Easter. Um, so there is Holy Week on Palm Sunday, uh, Good Friday through Easter Sunday, also, also called the Trivium. So we have the great three days. Saturday is called Holy Saturday. Then you have Easter season. And, um, and we go from Easter season, uh, within Easter season actually is Ascension day. That is 40 days after the resurrection. That is when Jesus ascended. Um, he walked around on this earth for 40 days after he re- he was raised from the dead. And then, and then we have 10 days after that, the 50th day, we have Pentecost, Penta, the prefix meaning five, uh, 50 days. That's when the Holy Spirit was poured out to his people, uh, freely, and then we have ordinary time after that, and it is the longest ordinary time until Advent. And so here we are on Easter Sunday, Happy Resurrection Day. Now to get to the Psalms, Psalm 17. That's what uh, where we are today, and I have thoroughly enjoyed setting these Psalms to music, looking into them, studying them. This has been so good for me. It has been very formative for me. Um, And so here we are at Psalm 17. Psalm 17, again written by David. It is a a psalm of refuge. Uh, The title is A Prayer of David. And the book of Psalms, as I've mentioned before, is often uh, comprised of prayers. These are many of these are prayers. I used the Psalms in my doctoral dissertation to develop the practice of corporate prayer in my own church at the time. And so here we are looking at a prayer of David in Psalm 17. And so let me read Psalm 17. There will be some familiar phrases that we have already seen in the book of Psalms. You, you will hear some of those and I'll discuss them. Uh, But let's get into it. Psalm 17, beginning in verse 1. Hear a just cause, O Lord. Attend to my cry. Give ear to my people from lips free of deceit. From your presence let my vindication come. Let your eyes behold the right. You have tried my heart. You have visited me by night. You have tested me, and you will find nothing. I have purposed that my mouth will not transgress. With regard to the works of man, by the word of your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet 
have not slipped. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior of those who seek refuge, from their adversaries at your right hand. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who do me violence, my deadly enemies who surround me. They close their hearts to pity. With their mouths they speak arrogantly. They have now surrounded our steps. They set their eyes to cast us to the ground. He is like a lion eager to tear, as a young lion lurking in ambush. Arise, O Lord, confront him, subdue him. Deliver my soul from the wicked by your sword, from men by your hand, O Lord, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. You fill their womb with treasure. They are satisfied with children, and they leave their abundance to their infants. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. So the psalmist David starts here recognizing that this is a prayer. He is crying out to God. Uh, in, in Psalm 1, he says, uh, Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. He's not denying that he's a sinner. David certainly knew that. And there are countless examples in Scripture of David sinning. I, I think about it constantly. I relate to David in so many ways because my desire is to honor God. And David's referred to as a man after God's own heart. Yeah, you think about what he did. Murder, adultery, possibly rape in that adultery. Um, I mean, he would be in prison with the worst of the worst today. And yet he's referred to as a man after God's own heart. So he's not denying he's a sinner. He's denying specific charges made against him. And, and sometimes that's what happens as believers. When we honor God, there will be deceitful words thrown against us. In verse 2, he says, let my vindication come. Literally, judgment here. That's what it's referring to. And the psalmist appeals his case to God. And then in verse 3, you've tried my heart. Here, the, the heart is the hidden center of a person's being, but God is the only one who can read the heart. And in fact, we are told in Scripture that the heart is deceitful. So when someone says, just follow your heart, don't follow your heart, guide it. And so David here is saying, um, you've tried my heart. God sees the innermost parts of a person. In verse 4, by the word of your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. God's will disclosed in the law of God. That's what he is saying, by the word of your lips. In other words, we don't have to wait for an oracle to know what God wants. It's already given to us through the Bible. Verse 5, he says, I've held fast to your paths. These ways as spelled out in God's word are to be uh, contrasted with the ways of the violent that he's just spoken of in verse 4. I've avoided the ways of the violent. Then he talks about what he has done. He has held fast to the paths of God. And then in verse 7, wondrously show or literally distinguish me, distinguish me by, wondrously show your steadfast love or wondrously distinguish me by your steadfast love. 
The Hebrew word here has taken the initiative to destroy David here. In verse 12, he is like a lion eager to tear. The lion, commonly known for its ruthlessness and its cruelty, and we've seen this reference in the Psalms already, in Psalm 7-2, Psalm 10-9. We'll also see it throughout the Psalms to come, Psalm 22-13, for example. David, a shepherd, would have been familiar with fending off lions and bears, uh, animals who are trying to devour his sheep. And so he uses the lion as a metaphor because he can relate to it. They're commonly known for their, their ruthlessness and their cruelty, and he is referring to his enemy as a lion. And then and we see this phrase in verse 13 again, Arise, O Lord. Again, this is a military term. Uh, God, arise, subdue my enemy. In verse 14, uh, David says, You fill their womb with treasure, or literally, as for you, your treasured ones, you fill their womb. The, the verse here expresses the general truth that the righteous will not want. In Psalm 23, we're reminded of David saying, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, I have everything I, I could need or want in God. Why would I want something else? So this, this verse expresses the truth that those who are righteous only want God. And then he continues that thought in verse 15. He says, as for me, I shall be... He's, he just talked about those who are not righteous, that they're satisfied in their treasure. And then he says, as for me, so he contrasts it. He says, as for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. The psalmist will know God's presence, hinting at his resurrection in the likeness of God. Listen to this from 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And so the psalmist here will know God's presence. He says, when I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. And hopefully that's what happens with all of us, that we are satisfied in God. You know, I was thinking about my dogs the other day, how when I come home, it doesn't matter how long I've been gone, whether it's two minutes or 18 hours. When I come home, they are ecstatic to see me. And uh, the routine is I come home, I have a uh, a rescue dog named Piper, a German Shepherd Golden Retriever mix, and she just can't stand it. She wants me to pet her. I mean, just whimpers and, and shakes and wags her tail. She loves it. And likewise, my other dog is a little a one-year-old Great Pyrenees. He's a huge dog. His name is Gandalf, and I have to keep him in a crate right now because he likes to chew things. And so when I let him out of the crate, the routine is he jumps up and puts his paws on my shoulder. And he's about as tall as I am when he does that. And, and just looks longingly into my eyes. Just, I mean, these dogs just are overwhelmed. They want me by their side. They want to be by me. They want to please me. And I think that's how we should be with our God. <laughs> that's how our hearts should be. We should want to please him. And David here is saying, I'm satisfied in you, God, while everybody else is satisfied in treasure or other people who are not righteous are satisfied in treasure. I'm satisfied in you. And so may that be our heart. And if it's not, may the Lord change us to where that is the case. So uh, this is Psalm 17. I've set it to kind of a soft, mellow uh, style of music. 
And so hopefully you can worship through this. Here is Psalm 17. Thank you for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Save me from worldly men, O oh Lord. 
Satisfied.